Welcome to Love Essie, the podcast. Hi, everyone. It's me, and I'm back. And uh, I'm back for real this time. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm probably going to sound mad awkward and stuff because it's the last episode that I um, published was back in July of 2022. I almost said 2002. Mm, mm, No, no. (laughs) 2022. And we are now in February of 2023, which is wild to me. Um, So a little, you know, just catch up on life content warnings right now. Um, I'm about to talk about grief and death. So if that really bothers you, just you know, skip a little bit forward. Um, so one of the big reasons why last year I kind of sort of fell off, I, the year it started and I was kind of all over the place and I was like, oh no, falling behind. But I was all like, I can do this, I can do this. And then my dad got sick and I live in New York City. My father, uh, was living in Toronto, uh, Canada. And so, you know, I immediately like flew to Toronto and I was there and I was there like a month and a half and I flew back because things were looking up and, you know, I was working and, you know, kind of like, okay, I'm going to get back in my groove. And I, I had posted, uh, that last episode and then he got sick again. Um, and then things didn't look as good. So I flew, back home again. And I ended up spending almost four months in Toronto. And in the process, my father passed away. Now my father was 81. He had been diagnosed with prostate cancer in 2014. So the, I guess the upsides or whatever, the positive notes are, um, that we had, you know, me, my mom, my brother, we had my dad for a number of years and, due to like the amazingness. So if, oh, this seems very disjointed, but whatever. If you live in New York state um, and you have a sick family member, and this includes grandparents, parents, I believe, you know, um, uh, partners, as well as I believe starting this year, siblings are included. If they are sick, regardless of where you work, you need to look into whether or not um, you can act or you can get paid family leave through the state. I know that uh, I believe it's like once you have, once you work for a company that has 50 or more employees, there is a paid family leave program, I think through the federal government. But if you happen to work for some place that either doesn't have this as an option or doesn't have enough people, there is a state program And that program allowed me to have 12 weeks paid, um, not my full pay. I believe it's 67% of your pay. Um, Like they literally are like, how much have you made? And, you know, and you have to fill out paperwork. I'm like, I had to fill out an application. My dad's doctor had to fill out a portion of it. But all all of that to say, I was able to be there with my mother and my father and my brother for my dad's final moments, literally. Um, and as absolutely awful as so many things can be um, when, you know, a loved one is dying, I will forever be grateful that I had that opportunity, um, that I 
was able to be there and that I didn't even have to like freak out and stress that I was like messing up at work or what I could just be present um, even though very often that present moment was so so hard Um, so yeah my father passed away and so I kind of it's not that I stopped reading romance because honestly I think romance has been the one thing that I've I've still come back to over and over and over again. I don't watch TV um, or movies when I'm upset. I read books um, and I read romance. Um, I couldn't necessarily read like bigger books. I was read a lot of December of 2022. I read a shit ton of Harlequin Presents. Just, just, you know, what, like inhaling them like they were candy, like they were, you know, like, mm. Oh no, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, I went through that entire bag of gummy bears. (laughs) That's what I was doing with Harlequin. But I didn't feel like I could do the show. And then it was this weird moment of like, I really wanted to. And then I'd be like, I'm going to record today. And then like, I I didn't. Um, And so it, you know, I, like I said, it's been a minute. Um, So if you used to listen to me before, Welcome back and thank you so much for wanting to listen to me again. If this is your first time, hello. Um, hi. Uh, but yeah, that's why I've been gone for a minute. Um, but I'm back and I'm excited to be back. Um, like I said, it's not like I stopped reading romance. I also, for those of you who are new, um, I'm a huge Nalini Singh fan, like huge Nalini Singh fan, meaning I have read all of her books except for her thrillers. And many of them, many times, right? Um, I'm pretty sure that I've read uh, certain side changeling books like Branded by Fire like six or seven times at this point. I read her often. She's my comfort read. She is my um, auto buy. She is sort of my, my, my gold standard. And so last year there were two books that, you know, one for each series. So... Today's episode is going to be about Storm Echo. It's also going to be about some other random shit, but primarily it's going to be about Storm Echo and the absolute wonder that that book was. Um, And there will be um, uh, a coming episode very soon um, on the Guild Hunter book because that is also um, a book. Like that, I, I feel like that's a book I'm not going to fully comprehend and digest until I've read it like six times. But anyway, let me, you know, scoot, scoot back, digress, whatever. Um, so yes, uh, I am back. Life is lifing. Um, I'm currently, you know, uh, in between jobs. Uh, so yeah, uh, even though there are many things that are like fucking weird out there, um, you know what is also like weird and awesome and amazing? Romance novels. And so I'm back to tell you, to share with you, not tell you, to share with you my thoughts and my opinions. Um, what I love, what I like, what I don't like, what I abhor, what I loathe. <laughs> because, you know, that's fun for me and I hope for you too. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so I say all of that to say, there is also, okay, so 
like I said, I've been reading a lot of romance. Like I've just been like, you know, consuming it. Like, um, it is a caraca cocaine. Um, and some of it has been like, okay. Some of it has been like, man, I was in the midst of reading a romance, um, from the library. The author is an author I've read before. Her name is Carrie and Ryan. I've read it before. She is an Alini fan and she's like mentioned this. So I think I've always had like a soft spot for her because I'm like, oh, you too understand that Alini saying is like amazing. And I've read some stuff by her that I've actually enjoyed. She's got a Montgomery Inc. series. She's got a lot of books. So bear with me. So I think um, because I follow her on, um, on, on Amazon, Amazon had sent me an email being like, you know, I think she's like pushing her books, like a marketing email that maybe she, like, she was like, you know, the book that has like the most whatever in the book. And so it was like, I think her most talked about book or her most like, you know, whatever. I don't remember. All I know that I was like, oh, okay. What is this book called? One Way Back to Me. I was like, oh, okay. Let me, let me, you know. I was like, oh, it's on a Kindle Unlimited. Oh, I don't know. And then I was like, let me check the library. But I was like, it probably won't be there. And then it showed up. And I was like, okay, perfect. I'm going to borrow it. I started reading it. And um, our two main characters, uh, the male main character is like the oldest brother of a bunch of brothers that were all in the military, different branches. And now they all have are working together on this massive like hotel slash winery slash like massive like event type space somewhere in Texas right and our female main character is a wedding planner who basically gets a job at this like I guess resort um to be like the wedding planner for the resort because they have a bunch of weddings and they had a planner and then he left mm, whatever the details I didn't really pay as much attention to because they didn't really matter to me but I was like oh okay she's gonna oh and these two characters had had a connection at a dance like two years prior to this but then, like, right after, her boyfriend at the time had proposed at this other random wedding they were at. Okay, cool. Fast forward. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm reading it. So far, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm enjoying this. It's not bad. You know, and then we get to a moment that made me literally stop reading. And um, if Carrie and Ryan ever hears this, I'm so sorry. But I immediately went to Goodreads and gave this one star and don't plan to ever read this. Um, and this is for me, okay? Like, I'm not saying that this is a terrible book. I'm just saying that this specific scene made me so aggravated and so annoyed that I said, absolutely not. And it also got me so heated that I was like, I have to record today. Like, today is the day. Today is the day that I have to record because, oh my God, I am irate. I am beyond, like, I am just, I'm not right. Um, and you're probably like, oh my God, like, what happened? So... Uh, the female main character did end up getting married to that boyfriend who turned into a horrible man who like basically took all her money and all this nonsense. And we find out that like she comes from money, but like her grandparents had money and she has a trust and her husband has her ex-husband has divorced her. But he's already shown up on this like massive property once because she like lives on the property. And a part of me when he first showed up was like, so this place doesn't have like security or anything like how does he get to where you are? Like, I know it's big and it's massive, but it's run by ex-military dudes. Like, I don't know. I feel like security should have been more top-notch, but I was like, okay, whatever. It's a story. Read, read, read. So fast forward to the scene where she, there. it's the first wedding that she's like handling um, at this resort. 
and everything's going beautifully. And I guess she's walking somewhere, um, not necessarily near the wedding party, but on the grounds and her ex-husband is there and like grabs her and as you know, whatever. So our male main character, who is also the oldest brother and, you know, essentially the owner of all things, like him and his brothers own everything, but whatever. And throughout the book, there's this whole back and forth where like, she doesn't directly report to him. So he's not her boss. So like, it's not like, you know, a boss and a coworker and an underling, whatever. Anyway, he comes around a corner and sees a man manhandling his woman because, oh, by this point, like, they, like, are sleeping together and whatever. So it's not even he's seeing a strange man manhandle one of his employees. He's seeing a strange man manhandle the woman he is falling for on property he owns. So as someone who is ex-military, he goes over there and is kind of like, get your hands off her, um, which I was like, oh, wow, so grown up because he could have just literally beat him, but he didn't. He didn't do that. He was like, get your hands off her. He uses words. He communicated. So he communicates, uh, this is a problem and you need to stop. And homeboy, you know, the ex-husband's like, who the hell are you? And then he gets in between them. And this is where I was a little like, this almost seems odd to me. Immediately ex-husband's like, oh, you must, you two must be sleeping together. Um, I don't immediately assume, I I just thought it was weird that this man is already assuming that his ex-wife is sleeping with this man, uh, but whatever, because he literally could have been like, nah, this is my property, and I don't know what you're doing, this is one of my employees, and basically, she's all like, I can handle this, like, whatever, and in my head, I'm like, okay, but he had his hands on you and at no point have we been led to believe that like this woman is able to like physically defend herself against a bigger man. And I'm not saying this to be an asshole, but at no point have we been led to believe that she's got the skills to like beat up a guy who is trying to hurt her. Right. So I'm not like mad or whatever that he's, you know, the, the, the ex military dude is, I don't know, being true to form and being all like, what's going on here so he's kind of like you need to get off this property you need to get off this property again using his words then the ex-husband punches him in the face but because he's ex-military it does not phase him because this man you know basically imagine a bigger dude getting hit by a smaller dude and just kind of looking at the big, a smaller dude like okay that was cute um but get the fuck off my property and she is freaking out and then it's like causing attention And instead of, here's where I think, there are many reasons why I got mad. But one of them, I was like, if you're this worried about this wedding, why wouldn't you have let your uh, quote unquote boyfriend handle your ex-husband while you make sure that like no one in the wedding party knows what's going on? Why are you standing there being like, I can handle this. I can handle this. This is not your job to handle. Your job isn't to handle a weird man, even if he is your ex-husband being on the property. Your job is to handle the motherfucking wedding boo-boo. So go handle the motherfucking wedding. And then he's all like, if you don't get off this property, we are calling the police. And she's like, oh, my God, like that would ruin the wedding. I mean, sure. Yeah. But also, what do you think would be the response to a stranger and also your ex-husband being on this property? And so she turns it into this. I was handling it and you ruined it and you made. And then she said something along the lines of like, he hit you and you didn't even move. And I was like. Was he supposed to go down? Do you not understand? Like, 
like, oh, maybe in that moment, I'm just realizing this now, maybe in that moment she realized, like, oh, my God, he's that much bigger and stronger, whatever, than me, because not even my ex-husband, who she probably was afraid of, could could rattle him. But I was just kind of like, I don't see how he's done something wrong, the male main character, because it wasn't like he told, like, oh, I can handle it myself, but if he has his hand, if he's already grabbed you by the arm and has you slammed up against the side of a, of a building or whatever, or cornered against, uh, that would lead most people to believe that you, you, you weren't handling shit. So anyway, all, all I know is I read that and I was like, oh, I'm not reading this because I could already, oh, because right after like she stomps off and he's kind of like, whatever. And one of his brothers is like, you should have listened to her. And I'm like, what? That also did not read true to character to me. I can't believe that six or seven ex-military brothers are just going to be like, yeah, you should have let the little lady handle it herself. And I'm not trying to be a dick, but it just, and also our male main character spent 20 years, 20 years. I'm sorry. What? Like, don't, do you know who you're sleeping with then? You're not sleeping with some kid down the street. You're sleeping with a man who like told people what to do all his life. And like had it been a scene where her and her ex-husband are talking, no one is manhandling anyone and they're having a civil conversation. And then the male main character being jealous, whatever, whatever, whatever feeling, how he's feeling gets in the way and causes a scene that would have been different. I would have been like, yeah, she read you, but you were clearly being maybe not hurt her, but like obviously being manhandled by your ex on property he shouldn't have been on in the first place. And you gonna turn around and be like, oh my God, we can't, oh, and basically turned it into like, we can't do this. Like this is because basically because she lost everything to her ex-husband and I'm not saying her fears are wrong. Yes, if things don't work out with this man and you work here, it'll probably impact your work relationships. But also, what? So anyway, all I have to say is that made me so upset, so annoyed, so aggravated. I immediately returned that shit right back to the library. Um, and, oh, I say all of this. I'm on Libby, the, the, the app. So it's not like I physically left my house. No, I just went managed loan, returned early, got my cute little rainfall of flowers, then went straight to Goodreads and was like, nope. And then saw that like someone else had been like, they were reading and then just got really annoyed at that point and like, couldn't really like, like, like the couple after that point. So all that to say, um, that book had one positive thing. It got me to want to record today. Like, like, a burning desire. And so here I am. Now, <laughs> that is not what today's episode is going to be about. That's just kind of like, oops. I had to I had to put it out there. I had to I just needed to let it out. Today's episode is actually going to be about uh, the latest Nalini Singh, uh, Storm Echo, book 21 overall and uh book 6 in the side change like Trinity uh, arc. And 
guys, it is such an incredible book. It is such an incredible book. I was lucky enough to get an advanced reader copy March of last year. So it's almost a, a year later that I'm doing this. But, you know, there's never a late time to do things. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to include a uh, the recording that I did, I think, right after I finished it with, like, how I felt. Um, so I'm going to pause here and then I'm going to come back. And when I come back, yes, there's going to be spoilers. Um, the book came out about six or seven months ago. Like it came out in July of actually, no, that's not true. It came out August, right? Cause it was supposed to come out July 26th, which I think it did internationally, but then the North American date was moved because of shipping reasons, because you know, the world is, is, is on one. So it came out at the beginning of August. We are at the beginning of February. If you have not read it, which it's it's totally okay. I get it. Life has, you know, does things that prevents us from reading amazing books. Um, just know that the next section is going to be full of spoilers. And I will put in the show notes where the spoiler section is um, because I'm ready to talk about this with all the spoilers. I'm so sorry, but not really. Um, so I'm going to pause here and I'm going to come back. And we're going to talk about Storm Echo and Ivan Merkins. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'll be right back. Okay. It's me again. I'm back and it is time to start talking about Storm Echo by Nalini Singh. Okay, guys, this book, yo, this book, you know that I'm a stan. Okay, actually, if you've never listened to the podcast, so this is your first episode, I'm a huge Nalini Singh stan. Um, I say this as someone who absolutely loves all of her books. Um, I I will be honest, I have not read her thrillers. I'm, I'm a scaredy cat. I don't like to get scared. I don't like to be thrilled like that. So I keep telling myself that I need to read them because I love her, but I'm also afraid to, so I haven't. But everything romance, everything romance by that lady, I have read more than once, okay? I have read um, the stuff that she did way, way back in the day for like Harlequin. I've read every single book in the Side Changeling series more than once or twice. I think I've done a full series reread three times now it may even be for one I don't remember I've read every single newsletter that I've gotten my hands on I've read the short stories in the newsletters I have volumes one and volume two of the newsletter shorts that she you know offered up to newsletter subscribers um I've read all of the guilt hunter I've read the hard rock and the you know kiss hard you know contemporaries um, I am a huge fan, okay? In 2018, I flew to Paris because she was going to be at a romance book festival in Paris. And I was like, well, Paris or New Zealand, I mean. Um, and actually, that's not it, it was actually Paris or San Diego because uh, way back in, in yonder year of 2018, RWA <laughs> was um, in San Diego. And so originally, I was like, RWA. But I was like, oh, my God, that's so expensive for, like, a ticket to that conference. And then I saw, like, this Paris thing, and it was, like, 
I think my ticket was like 60 bucks. Um, if you hear sirens, I live in New York. That's just, it's a thing. Um, anyway, it was really cheap and I love Paris. Like I love that city. So I was like, wow, I get to see Nalini Singh and be in my favorite city. That's like a no brainer. So that's how much I love this lady. Okay. That's how much I love this author. That being said, I do think that she creates a world. I have willingly invested my time, my energy, and my money into 21 books. Okay. And that is because I think for me, she has crafted a world that I love being in, that I love returning to, that I love learning about. And I've said this before in other episodes about her books. I really think that she focuses a lot on her characters. Uh, and so I feel like we learn a lot about the world that we are in because of what the characters are learning, both via established characters learning new information and via new characters coming onto the canvas that we haven't seen before. This book, I want to say, is skews more to the latter. Um, our two main characters, we have Ivan Merkin. We've heard of Ivan before, right? I believe the first time Ivan is mentioned is in Silver Silence because he is cousins with Silver, right? Um but we've also didn't really know a lot about him. I feel like if you read that book, you sort of probably thought that Ivan was a very small and or minor side character, just a, a member of this family that we know of. Um, I did an Instagram live with Teresa from uh, Reading Romance and Destiny from Really Reading Romance, a book club um, at the... East City Bookshop in DC. We did like an Instagram. We've done it before. Um, and then I think we did it do it in January or did we do it in December? I don't remember because what is time? But we did, we were talking about it, and I, I don't think that I saw before this series how much the Merkin family was going to, I don't want to say dominate this sort of second arc but they are very prominent players and I think because and I guess it kind of does make sense right in the very first arc which uh that would be books one through 15 right um uh, a slave to sensation all the way through to you could essentially say allegiance of honor um we we know about the Duncans right because Nikita and Sasha and then we know about the Nightstar clan because of Anthony and Faith and Sahara and Sahara's father. I want to say his name is Leon, but I could be wrong. I have to go back. I'm pretty sure it's Leon. Um, but what I think is really fascinating about the Merkins, right, is this is a family that has always been a power in the Psy world and has always held on to its family members, regardless of their of their gradient level, right? Um, and the previous book, I mean, at this point in this second series, three family members have books, right? Silver has her book with Valentin, right? That's Silver Silence. Uh, Canto, who we didn't know about, 
at all. Like, I don't think there's any mention of Canto before his book. Um, or if the, uh, no, there's no mention of Canto, or I don't remember, but there is mention of Pyle, right? There's mention of Pyle actually in Allegiance of Honor. I reread it, I want to say, mid-December, and I was just like, oh my God, she was laying the, the foundation, the seeds, the Easter eggs, whatever you want to call them, right here. Uh, high-pitched sound, if you're hearing that, that's uh, the radiator, because again, <laughs> East Winter Time in New York. Um, at least I, I get a high-pitched whistle. I don't get the clank, clank, clang, and I don't really know which is better. But anyway, back to books. Yeah, so we've got Canto, and now we've got Ivan, right? Um, so we've got Ivan. We know a very little bit about him, but we do know a lot about his family. So we can already, maybe as readers, if we've read all of these books, have a better idea of Ivan, but we don't really know him. And then our female main character um, is Solier. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Soleil? Solier. I'm going to say Solier. Bijou Garcia. And she is absolutely new character to us. Now, what is so, so, so fucking awesome is that even though she's an absolutely brand new character to us, she is tied to a story that we've already touched upon again in, wait for it, wait for it, Allegiance of Honor. And you're probably going, wait, what? Exactly. Because Solier is an ocelot and she happens to be an ocelot who is tied to the Sky Elm pack, which is the pack that had the shit alpha who uh, was working with the consortium to snatch a baby um, baby Naya. So, <laughs> Nalini was like, yeah, you've never met this girl, but, but you're going to understand more about that entire story and about exactly what Sky Elm was about and wasn't about. And you're going to have just another facet of that, you know, corner of the world that you didn't know you were missing I was like ma'am ma'am because I remember when we saw the cover we knew she had let it drop that we were headed back to San Francisco and somewhere it was like we've met him and I think I it was like something about a merkin and I was like Ivan like this is the only other merkin we know like duh and there was like a small, like an outline of a cat. So everyone was thinking Dark River. But then there was questions of like, well, the cat looks kind of small, but it's like, you know, it could just be like, um, what's the word? Perspective. Like maybe they're making it small, but it's a, you know, so it was like, okay, it's obviously a changeling and, you know, a, a sign, American, la la la. But like, oh my God, did I at any point think it was a member from, oh, I think for a brief moment, I wondered if maybe it was going to be someone from Remy's pack, Rainfire or Rainfire, Rockstorm. Ah, I feel like I'm blanking, which is terrible. How can I be a stan and not remember? I think Remy's pack is Rockstorm. So where did the Rainfire come from? That might be a different path. Because I'm only thinking it's Rockstorm because rocks and whatever. 
No, no, it is Rainfire. Rockstorm is the name of the wolf pack where Ivan goes to do his uh, training, where is, that is also where he meets the lovely uh, Soleil because she is visiting a friend who lives nearby. Um, sorry, I had to like sound it out for me and for you guys because that's what I do. You're probably like, what? That's crazy. I know. Welcome. Welcome to the madness. Welcome to the madness. Um, so yeah, I think at first I've wondered like, oh, okay, if it wasn't someone from Dark River, was it going to possibly be somebody from, you know, um, Rainfire? Because Remy, was he a leopard as well? He had started out as like a lone, a loner, a lone wolf type, uh, but realized he was an alpha and I put together a pack. Uh, but then it was like, no, it's not um, that, that pack. So Solier also, you know, referred to as Lele or Le, um, is an oscillate changeling and she's also a healer. Whereas Ivan is a telepath, I think a 6.1, um, a security specialist, um, and a market. So here's the thing. Nalini often, I, how do I put this? You read the blurb and you're like, okay, I have an idea of like what this story is going to be about, right? You know, you're like, oh, okay. Um, and it is a romance, so you know, there'll be, I mean, you know, happily ever after all that does, whatever. But she also has created a fantastic world. There's a lot happening in this world, right? Um, so for those who have read the series, silence has fallen and we are now well, you know, well removed from like the moment silence fell. And now the Sire are having to deal with all the things that they had tried to ignore and or, you know, um, shove away, right? They're having to deal with emotions and they're having to deal with the fact that as a population, they had chosen sounds because emotion drove them to lash out in horrific ways because they all have mind powers. Um, and so now it's like, okay, how do we live since we're all, how do we not devolve right back to that? Um, one of the things that I think we're seeing a lot, um, especially out of the arrow section, is that everyone now has the option to consider it's the training that they learned to hone and discipline their skills can maybe continue to be applied without, you know, the side of torture and 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 emotional literal deprivation right but the sire are having to navigate all of this um and figure out like what's going on and how they're going to get past this and on top of that it turns out that uh there's a subsection of the population that ha is having issues because their their powers are completely off the charts but they cannot control it. And so they're just causing all these issues. And I believe it's at the end of Allegiance. It's either at the end of Allegiance of Honor, um, beginning of Silver Silence, that it becomes very clear that every single one of these psychic constructs, these psychic networks, cannot survive if it does not have the energies of everyone that makes up 
of the makeup of everyone that makes up this world. And in this world, there are people who are human, there are people who are changely, meaning they can shift between their animal self and their human self, and there are psi people. And these psi networks or the psi constructs or, or the networks, the psychic networks, sorry, the psychic networks that are not um, devolving, falling apart, and uh, at the brink of literal disintegration have the energy of all three groups, right? And the psi network does not have that energy and has been deprived and starved of that energy for over 100 years. So, of course, we're seeing the massive um, effects of that 100 years later. So... Um, I really, I like Psy and Changeling pairings. Um, I enjoy them. I do think it's really interesting. We haven't yet had a human-human pairing. And on one hand, I'm like, how would a human-human pairing advance the story, right? I do think it's possible, only in the sense that I think it's possible in that, like, maybe it's a human within a Changeling pack and another human that's maybe part of, like, the Human Alliance. But at the same time, I'm like, mm, I don't, you know, for the purposes of like what the story seems to be trying to tell us that like the sign network, really the sign net really needs the energy of all three. It does seem kind of like, well, why would we ever have a human human pairing? But I digress. I like changeling and psi pairings. Why I think um, we get to see Changeling showing the Psy individual, you know, about emotion, about touch, about family, about bonds. What I think this book also does is remind us that just because the Changelings seem like the most even keeled in terms of that um, group, right? Because up until this book, we know when, you know, everything goes down with Sky Elm that that pack was clearly that there were issues, but we don't really know the full gist of it. And I think both that portion of the story and this portion of the story exists to remind us that each group has both good and bad people. And I think Delini is constantly pointing out to us that everybody, whether they're human or they're changeling or they're psi, has a choice to make to either be a kind, productive, helpful individual or be, you know, the opposite of that. And it doesn't matter if you are psi or you are changeling or you are human. Even though as you're reading the series, you're you're, you're probably leaning towards like the psi are so bad, the psi are so bad. And then the lean's like, yeah, by the way, here's some bad changelings. By the way, here's some bad humans because bad apples, um, if you want to call them that, aren't just, um, an issue for one group. They're an issue for everyone, right? Which is why everyone should be working together so that they can confront and defeat said bad apples. So both of these characters are, so Leigh is a healer, right? And Ivan is a security specialist. You're thinking, okay, like, what is that? These are two people who at their core are focused on caring and protecting for others with, I think, Lei being this very warm um, part of that spectrum and Ivan being maybe the colder, but yet still secure part of that spectrum. Let me kind of 
go into that, right? Um, healers, right, are people in this world, healers are characters that are willing to help everyone who's injured. And it doesn't matter if that person is on your side or not on your side. The point is someone is injured, someone is hurt, I'm going to help, right? That's what these care. that's the core of these characters. Um, in Ivan's case, and then I, when I look at Ivan, I think of like Nathan, right? The, the Dark River Sentinel who's made it to Tamsin, or, um, I think of, um, Walker, the Psy who's made it to Laura or Lara, the, the healer for Snowdancer. These are male characters, uh, who are also protectors and nurturers and carers, but they are also aware of, you know, you can't, a medic can't help everyone if the medic is also being gunned down. Like someone needs to, you know, lay down the fire so that the medic can safely administer whatever needs to be administered, right? Whatever care needs to be administered. And that's what, you know, Ivan is. Ivan is the kind of character who, is going to do whatever it takes to keep Lay safe, which will allow her to then care for others because she is safe to do so. And I love that. I love it so, so much. Um, and so they're both um, focused on protecting just that. I think in the case of, you know, Ivan, he's his, his number one focus is her. Her focus is obviously him, but also taking care of so many other people. His focus is her. Um, and I think that within the series, Nalini, I think, shows that time and time again that um, someone who cares for everyone needs someone else who's going to put them first because their nature won't allow them to put themselves first. So someone else has to be the one to be like, uh-uh-uh, you're too tired. You need to rest or uh-uh, you know what I mean? And I, I do think that that is something that I don't think that that's weird. And I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the the reverse also, because you might be thinking, oh, but Esther, like um, the guys are the, like, the story protectors. And the, but I feel like that would be similar if we had a male healer. I feel like a male healer, which actually Rainfire has a male healer. And I wouldn't be surprised if his partner... Uh, whoever he ends up meeting with might end up being a a personality that is um, going to always like make sure that he is taken care of first, right? I could be wrong, but that's just you know that's just what I think, guys. Um, and you know that's the whole point of, of this show. So because of the fact that Lay's an ocelot, we learn more about ocelots in general. So if you didn't know anything about this type of cat, you learn about this type of cat. Um, we understand that they, because they're, they're still a big cat, like they're bigger than house cats, but they're not that much bigger than house cats. And we just sort of learn about how their packs maybe differ, right? And al- along with that, so... In this book, I think she does this always. Like, we get to learn different parts of the world. So it wouldn't have made sense for us to know stuff about ocelots before we knew um, a character that was an ocelot. 
it wouldn't have made sense for us to know more about Ivan and what he does until we meet Ivan and we're learning, you know, his abilities because Ivan has this like weird sort of thing um, in his brain that he's convinced is a spider that sucks out power. By the end of the book, we find out that's not exactly correct. Um, And we get knocked away. We, I get knocked away with like something I was not expecting. Right. Um, And so uh, I'm looking at my notes. Oh, and then I really liked how, because I wrote down that I loved how what seemed like a completed storyline in Allegiance of Honor gets more depth and nuance as we meet Solier and see her viewpoint and how it enriches what we already know, right? Um, because Nalini could have made this changeling be somebody else entirely, like literally a brand new character. And here's the thing, Solier is a brand new character. We had never met her. We did not know she existed. We had no idea who she was. She'd never shown up. But by tying her to Sky Elm, we get another viewpoint to Sky Elm because when we meet the Sky Elm Alpha and the remaining submissive, the two dominants, the older healer and the two cubs, we're really seeing that pack and their dynamic through Lucas's eyes, right? So we're also seeing it through the eyes of a man who is a power and has been a power for a very long time. And yes, he is, he has a level of, of compassion and empathy that, you know, many other uh, characters, many other alphas might not have, but we're seeing Sky Elm and what had happened to them from the lens of one of the most powerful alphas in the country being like, huh, So this is what's going on over here with this weirdo who was trying to kidnap and kill my child, right? With Solier, we get to see Sky Elm, but see it from the viewpoint of someone who grew up there, right? From someone who can share with us what Sky Elm actually was in a way that we hadn't seen yet, right? Because through her memories through her thoughts uh, of that place. We get to see the Sky Elm. And we can also see why this Alpha existed. Because what becomes clear as she talks about her past, uh, both in, you know, when she's, you know, talking to her friend who has passed away in her head, and also when she's trying to explain to Ivan, like, who she is and where she comes from, the alpha that um, is 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 killed for you know breaking the law. The rot in the pack does didn't really start with him. It started with the alpha before him, Solier's grandfather, right? And the in the the idea of being so insular of not choosing to amalgamate with another pack of not choosing like we. It's not till we meet her that we understand why the pack didn't have enough dominance, had too many elders and and children that they couldn't, you know, stem back, you know, an attack from Sai that were were going crazy. Um, And it all, you know, goes back to the decisions and choices that are made um, at one point that maybe the character, I'm guessing Soleil's grandfather didn't have the vision or didn't understand that by 
doing what he did, he would end up essentially destroying his pack. He's gone, I think, by the time um, the attacks happen. But the attacks and the subsequent issues that Sky Elm has to deal with are directly tied to the fact that this man never had um, a vision or didn't have it in him to think long-term of like what it would mean, for example, not you know getting other other people to join their pack even if they weren't Ocelot, um, which is kind of like really do. Um, okay, so I really want to talk about um, the biggest the biggest surprise, the biggest like whoa shock. We start this book off. Ivan is Merkin. Ivan is Merkin. Okay, cool. Awesome. It doesn't mention who Ivan's mother is. Um, I knew he was cousins with Kanto and Silver and Arwen. So I was like, okay, so they all have different different parents. Whatever. Ivan is Merkin. It's cool. And then Ivan is not a Merkin. Ivan used to live on the street with his mama. And having read Kanto's book, right, and knowing the lengths in which the Merkin family went to make sure that Kanto did not grow up with um, his father's side of the family, even though that was the original contract. It's like, oh. So when Ivan himself talks about, or we've learned from Ivan that he, like, as he, once he grew up a bit more, it was kind of like, wait a minute, if I'd ever been a Merkin, I would have never ended up on the street with my mother because they would have found me. So he goes in and finds out the truth. He's not a Merkin. So we end up learning a lot more about the Psy, right? Uh, when a Psy dies and they drop off the net, someone shows up to make to, to see what's going on. And I feel like that ties back to, you know, um, the rebels and the forgotten and dropping out of the net um, to, you know, create a new one. Ivan is with his mother when she dies. They show up to, you know, get her body. And then he tells them, because he remembers his mother telling him this name, that he's a Merkin. And of the two men that show up, one of them is kind of like, this is this kid's lying, like, whatever. But the other one's like, but if he's not lying, like, do you really, like, the Merkins aren't anyone to play around with. And that the other guy's kind of like, absolutely not. Like, this is all a lie. And the other guy's like, okay, but it doesn't cost us to double check. And, like, I don't want to, which I thought was really interesting that one guy was like, fuck this kid. And the other guy was like, I'm not getting in trouble with that family in case this kid is telling the truth. Like, you know what? Let someone else figure out that problem. But I'm not about to put myself on the line. Um, and I feel like that sense of self-preservation is what allows for um, Ina to be told about him. So Ina shows up and takes this child in, but he is not a Merkin, except no one knows what his genetic background is, right? It's just like, he's not a Merkin, that's it. And so... I remember being like, wait, what? Like, he's not? Like, wait, what? Like, who, what, huh? And Ivan talks so much about how he's got this spider and it sucks people's power. And so when he meets Solie, um, he starts to fall for her. And it's very clear that, like, a mating bond is soon to, like, whatever. Then there's the attack on the compound. Then he shows up because he was training at a, di- like in the area that he was in, he was training with a wolf pack 
a small wolf pack called Rockstorm. And then he leaves that and on his way home, thinking that Solia like didn't show up because she no longer wanted him, whatever, whatever. He comes across the fact that like this, you know, pack has been attacked and he ends up finding her and she's alive and he gets her to a hospital. And then he goes back to continue to help because that's who he is. And then he comes back to the hospital and no one can find her. Fast forward a year, almost a year and a half later, and that's when he sees her again in San Francisco. But he's all like, oh no, like the power in my brain. It's um, in many ways it parallels the same issues that Sienna was going through, right? Um, he has something, he has a psychic ability that no one really understands, no one really knows the truth of. And so um, all they do when they don't know what's going on is you know, shield it, put shields around it to keep him safe. And just like Sasha, just like um, Sienna, he's at a point where those shields are starting to buckle and like he's not going to be able to, but because he's convinced that this is just going to turn into some like crazy thing that's going to suck the life out of everybody and kill everybody inside, he's terrified. Um, And as all of this is happening, the architect is like, I'm going to split off a piece of the island, a piece of the Sinai, create an island, and me and my scarabs are just going to, because we we start to see that, like, two books prior, that the architect is also a scarab, which is these people that have, like, an immense amount of psychic power, but that psychic power cannot be managed, regulated, contained, and you will basically burn up. So the architect, of course, is like, no, this is just a lie that they're, you know, they're trying to control me. Anyway, the architect creates this island and one of the cool things is that like, I don't think I'd notice it right away, but as I kept reading, I was like, um, it then becomes uh, like, I, when he realizes that it's another spider like him, my brain didn't immediately think family member. I was just like, oh, okay. Like this ability that he has isn't just something that's in his mind. And it might be like a variant, a subvariant, like one of those weird things, like sort of like how Judd is a TK cell, but like he is such a specific type of TK that like very few people are like him. That's what I'm thinking. He ends up, you know, doing whatever he needs to do to kill the, or cut off the spider. But then it turns out that he is similar, but not exactly the same because he's almost like a, a beating heart. And in many ways he operates like an alpha in a pack, as in the center core that keeps everyone else stable. Here's the, here's, here's where things get crazy. Here's where things get crazy. Um, Sorry, guys, but here's where things get crazy. This is a family trait because it turns out that Ivan isn't a merkin. He's a Scott. If you've read this, Shoshana Scott, he's related to her. That's his auntie. His mama was her older sister. I don't remember how, I think it's after this happens, they somehow finally managed to get into like Scott DNA. And it turns out like it's so close. He has to be a blood relation to that family. So his mother was a Scott. And not only was his mother a Scott, she managed to evade her family and have a child but then, you know, Jax is what ends up killing her. And he's half human and Solier is half human. And so 
with these two characters, we have all three pieces or all three groups represented. Humans, Psy, and Changeling. Right? She is... They they both are half human. And then they, you know... And it was like... What? What? Like, I legit was just like, skr, skr, what? Oh, and his father's alive and, like, working at, um... Uh, working at, like, a, a, a care home. And so he ends up being able to communicate... Like, being able to meet and speak with his father who, like, remembers his mother. Um, but that is, like... What? And so Shoshana and Henry had had a daughter, right? And Henry had taken on the Scott name because that even that was a more powerful name. Um, so they have a daughter and she's now head of the family group because Shoshana, when everything happens, she basically has to decide what she has to conserve. And so the idea is that she's going to conserve her brain. We're not entirely sure if she's alive, but that's sort of basically hinted at that like she managed to do uh, like between her and the people that she had around her, they managed to preserve her brain. And the rest of her is basically gone. And now her daughter is in charge. And, you know, again, complete a uh, new new character that we're all like, because I had no idea that those two had bothered to, like, have um, any kind of child contraception contract, whatever, put in place. Which I guess does make sense. They were counselors. Like, if Nikita has a daughter, Anthony has a daughter, like... Nikita only Nikita only had the one child. Anthony had three, right? And one was killed. So whatever. I just never thought of like them having kids. Um, so Ivan is actually a Scot, right? He's actually a Scot, raised by Merkins, right? Um, because Ina was like, because I think apparently he does ask her, and she was like, there was no way I was gonna tell like an eight-year-old that he wasn't one of us. <laughs> An eight-year-old that was adamant that he was one of us, like, I, and who had survived on the street with a mother who did jacks and wasn't dead. Like, what kind of mental fortitude? And I was like, oh, what? What? So, of course, I have all these questions. Is Shoshana and Henry's daughter going to get a book? How much more are we going to see of her? Is she normal? Is she messed up? Is she crazy? Is she a scarab like her mama? Um... Is she complete opposite? Is she going to end up with somebody else? I don't know, but I want to know. <laughs> like, um, what? Uh, also, this book, we get to see how Jax affects civilians and, like, how it impacts them and whatever. Um, and then, of course, oh, and then for funsies, like, this just, I wrote, like, fun tidbits or whatever. So the Rock Storm pack, I was like, okay, this wolf pack is... So they're a small wolf pack. And the reason why we learn about them is Ivan is there to do this, like, training course because they're a small pack, but, like, they train a lot of soldiers. And I was like, hmm, are they tied to Snow Dancer? Has anyone who's been roaming from Snow Dancer gone through there? Has someone who used to be Snow Dancer, maybe made it in, created this, like, training program? I don't know. There's also Ivan is allowed to join the program because he is, um, someone vouches for him. And that person is a tiger changeling named Stryker. Ooh, tiger changeling, you say. Um, last I'd heard, tiger changelings were in Piles region in India. So is this tiger far from home? <laughs> 
Like, what is this tiger doing over here? What's going on? Have they made it into Rockstar? Or did they also do the program? Are we going to see more tiger changelings? Like, this is the magic of these books. Did she answer a bunch of questions? She sure did. Did she leave me with a million more? She sure did. And because I'm doing this episode so much later, we have a title for the next book. Uh, We do not have a cover yet. I don't think, actually, I'm... I'm going to check Goodreads right, right now. Um, But we do have a title for the next book. The next book is called Resonant Surge. Now, my friends, Resonant immediately made me think of radar, sonar waves, and the like, which made me think of the ways in which uh, Mercy and Ethan and uh, how they handle scarabs and how they can see scarabs in a way that no one else can also fat and nikita could see what they could see i'm still convinced that she's whatever kind of uh designation that they are all right um also we heard that the that we would see bears again in this book bears so then my next thought was like are we going back to where is it Am I spelling this wrong? Probably. <laughs> Goodreads is like not giving it to me. And I'm like, am I spelling it wrong? And they're probably like, yes, girl. You are wrong. Like buttholes. Um, but yeah, surge, right? Surge also makes me think water, but also electrical surge, which again, um, with everything going on, resonance, sorry. Resonance, not resonant. Resonance surge resonance like something resounding or what what, am I making things up but um yeah resonance surge it's book number seven this is the next captivating novel it's book number seven in the second arc right so really 22 um and first of all like absolutely cannot wait I believe it's July 25th that's right so you know, a few months away, a few months away, but bears. So then my question is, okay, is it a bear and so a changeling and a human or a changeling and a sign? Again, with everything that's happening in the side network, my my gut is leaning towards a changeling and a sign. If it's a changeling and a human though, because as I was rereading Allegiance of Honor, right, um, and there's a moment uh, when there's a celebration and it's like, oh no, we, they hadn't decided who was going to speak first. And it's like, oh no, everything's going to be ruined now because like, and then like Mac shows up and he's like, let's just do heads or tails. And there was this mention again of like how humans are the reason why the territorial wars were, you know, ended. And I think it's humans are seen, right, as like, oh, they don't have the powers that side people have and they can't turn into an animal and yet they are able to still live very full generous lives and create beauty and wonder and all this and so I keep wondering if like what is ultimately going to end like the net desperately needs that energy so what is ultimately going to bring all of that together um humans right so that's where I'm like okay Changeling human 
or changeling sign. I mean, technically, if we look at just the second arc, um, our pairings are silver silence, it's side changeling. Ocean light is human changeling. Wolf rain is side changeling. Alpha night, side changeling. Um, last guard, Psy, Psy, and then Storm Echo, Psy, Changeling. So, and the only reason why I'm thinking of Changeling is because she said we're going back to bears. Or bears will be there. So a part of me is like, okay, what's bears? Um, and as I'm like, so someone two months ago in, you know, Goodreads was like, could this be Arwen's story? Because she said it's a bear Psy book. Okay, so it's been said that it's a bear side book. I don't think it's Arwen, though. And I only don't think it's Arwen because I feel like that seems too obvious. And if it was Arwen, she would have said his name. She would have just told us, I think. So that's why I don't think it is. Um, is that. But... Wouldn't it be awesome if it was? Yes. I just don't know if it is. And that's where I'm a little like, hmm. So we'll have to see. But I'm very, 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 very excited. Very, very, very excited. Um, so I don't know. But yeah. Um, I really enjoy this book. I know that I've been talking for quite a bit, and I'm sure Anchor's going to be like, girl, you're about to run out of room. But I enjoyed the book. I always enjoy the books. I really liked um, Ivan and Solier. And it's interesting because I think, actually, I just quickly glanced on Goodreads, and someone was mentioning something like, oh, no, like new characters again. Like, I want to know about... And I understand wanting to go back to characters we've already seen who don't have books yet. Um, the one that caught my eye was someone mentioned Kit, but Kit isn't ready yet. And I don't I don't think I'm ready to read about Kit starting his new pack yet. And I don't know that he has been roaming long enough to ha- be ready to go back to Dark River. So I'm not I don't think we're we're there yet. Like um and I think it's interesting when people are kind of like well, what about these characters that we've already seen? And I'm like, but I don't necessarily think that, and I know it's hard. I don't necessarily think that every character we see is going to get a book. I wish that that were the case, but that's not realistic. And I also don't, I think that we get books of characters that push the story forward, right? And right now, with everything that's happening in the Sinet, that is the focus, right? The first arc was about silence falling. It did. This second arc is about what happens after silence has fallen when it turns out that is it, the biggest problem. The biggest problem is there's no human energy in the Synod, and without it, it will fall. So how do you change a 100 years of pain, distrust, treachery, betrayal, murder, like 
how do you do that? Right. That's what we, that's what I think she's going to focus on because that like, if the sign it falls, everyone who we care about as a side character is, is going to die or going to have to make a new net. Like that's the reality. Um, so because I think this person wrote like, uh, they're dying to see like me and yes, I, and I do think we're going to see ocean like characters again. Um, but at this current moment in time, at least for the very next book, which, okay, resonance surge would make me think for me, at least it makes me think water. So I could have, if she had, if she hadn't already said bear, I would have thought we're going back to a water changeling, but because she said bear, I'm like, okay, we're not going back to water changeling. Why not? Now she might be like, actually, we really are going to go to, um, Arwen, right? Arwen as a, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know because I'm not Nalini and um, she is brilliant and I'm just a reader. Just a reader. And that's okay. Um, So, so yeah, guys, I loved this book. I enjoyed it so much. Um, I have read it a bunch of times already. I think I've read it like four times since I got the arc because I obviously read it as soon as I got the arc then I read it I think once or twice again before the book came out and then um oh okay I think I have time to tell you this real quick uh e-city books was doing a launch party it never clicked when Destiny had reached out that it was going to be like a whole panel with Nalini I thought that like the previous year we were just going to be on IG live talking about the fact that the book was out um, and so when I like got the email and it was like, it was funny. Nalini sent out an email that she was doing a virtual launch party. And I was like, oh my God, I have to sign up. And then I was like going through and I was like, wait a minute, that looks like my Twitter profile picture. And then I like read it and I was like, oh my God, that is the moment when I realized that I was on the panel with her because I legitimately was like, oh, I have to sign up for this event because, oh my God, not understanding that I was in it. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I read it and then I read it again after. So I, you know, like I said, I'm a stand, so, you know, shoot me. Uh, I mean, don't, <laughs> please don't. Violence is wrong. I was going to say violence is not the answer, but let's not go there. Let's, let's stick to the book but yeah I really really enjoyed Storm Echo and I cannot wait to see what else we learn because I also wonder if like what if because technically speaking Shoshana's kid the girl is cousins with Ivan what if she's able to do what Ivan could do like not be like her mama but be like her cousin what does that then mean I don't know. I don't know, but I'm curious and I can't wait. I can't wait to find out. Okay, I'm going to stop here and then I'm going to come back for some gratitude attitude. Yes. Okay, I'll be right back. Hey, so this is uh, me just letting y'all know that um, I got an arc of Storm Echo. I have finished the arc of storm echo by nalini singh and y'all it it i always say that the woman is brilliant y'all have heard me say it time and time again 
once again, she proves her brilliance. I don't even know when I'm going to, like, release this. And, oh, girl, it, friends, it, I'm speechless. I am speechless because it was that good. I'm going to be rereading this probably at least twice more before it releases that is how good it is. I mean, it's also, uh, it is March. The book comes out in July, so I got time. But, hot damn. I just, I needed to give y'all my first impressions. Uh, obviously without spoilers. And, hot damn. It is, it is so good. It is so good. So good. Ah. Uh, anyway. Toodaloo. Okie dokie, it's time for gratitude, attitude. I think at one point I was calling it gratitude latitude. I could also just call it the gratitude corner, the gratitude. I don't know why I almost said no, the gratitude no, whatever. It's time for me to say shit I'm grateful for, okay? That's that's what this is, in case you're like, um, and so in the vein of that, um, so I started last month um, to try to meditate because, you know, life. And usually meditation just seems really hard, really difficult. What the fuck? And I tried out the Open app, O-P-E-N. And um, the first month is free and then it's $20. So it's a little pricey. But even if you only just do the first month, I will say so the app offers meditation, breath work, and move like classes, different stuff. And in the move section, there's like yoga, HIT, Pilates, whatever. Um, incredible. Absolutely incredible. So grateful for that. So grateful. Um, uh, Jellius of Cyprus on Instagram mentioned it, talked about it. And I, you know, instead of sometimes I'll see people that I follow on Instagram talk about stuff that sounds like it would be really cool. And then I just don't do it. But I listened and I did it and holy shit holy shit guys um have been loving it I actually feel um I'm not saying my life you know is now fucking you know unicorns and rainbows and everything is coming up um you know roses and diamonds but I'm starting to feel I've been meditating I've been taking at least one meditation every day Uh, with the exception of one day, so which should have been a 34-day streak turned into 33 days and then missed, but whatever. Anyway, um, all I'm saying is I'm starting to see how taking that time to do that, um, I tend to do it first thing in the morning, like I wake up and that's what I do first before I do anything else. Um, I'm seeing how I'm feeling a little bit more centered, a little bit more grounded during the day, and also like very did not expect this the breath work um and just like working on doing different type of breathing focusing on breathing into my diaphragm into my belly I've noticed that like in general my breathing is better like I like to walk a lot and I live on a fourth floor walk up which is garbage garbage um and I'm not feeling as out of breath as I'm about to die my lungs are burning when I get to the top of the stairs anymore. Um, so I'm, all I have to say is I'm grateful for that. Next thing, um, 
there is this cute little bake shop here in um, my neighborhood called Canelle, Canelle, whatever you want to call it. And oh my God, on one hand, I'm so grateful that they exist because the two things I've tried already have blown my mind. On the other hand, <sighs> now I'm going to want, you know, cute little French pastries every single day. Oh my God. Um, but regardless, I'm grateful that they exist because Jesus, so good. I had some like espresso thing the other day. Amazing. And today I got like this citron tart, lemon. Listen, I love lemon desserts and this is crack. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Next things, fresh flowers in my home. Um, I'm lucky to have a Trader Joe's nearby. I guess I could get fresh flowers anywhere, but I usually just go to Trader Joe's and I love going, picking up two or three types and then just making, you know, my version of cute little arrangements in um, vases. And I always do one for my room, one for my roommate's room and one for the living room. And it just makes me so happy to know that I can do that, to know that I have access to that, um, to just have fresh flowers at home. And yeah, I might sound bougie and extra, but you know what? Like, why not? What is the point of living if we aren't giving ourselves the little fun extras, right? Right? Again, that high bitch is the radiator. Don't be alarmed. Um, and lastly, uh, but definitely not least, um, and of course this will happen every episode, the gratitude part, but whatever. Lastly, watching the sunset over the East River. So I live near the East River in New York City on the Queen side. And getting to see the sunset is such a joy. It's such a joy to see as, you know, the sky starts to turn, you know, purple, blue, orange, and red. Um, as the sun, as the last of the rays hit all of the windows of all of the buildings and it is reflected and it is just, there's something so magical about that time of day. Um, also sunrise. Um, there's something very magical about the sun showing up and the sun leaving like those moments I understand why you know people talk about dusk and twilight in that specific period of the sun setting and right after it is set uh, of being just like beautiful magical spaces in time um and the fact that like they don't repeat themselves like every single day sunset is going to be different because every day is different right um, no sets, sunset will repeat itself. There will be similarities, but they, it won't. Whether it is the angle of the sun, the type of clouds that are in the sky, the number of, like, whether there are clouds that aren't clouds, the, the moon is out, the moon is not out, um, all of these things, all of these things, being able to see it. I mean, also, you know, because I'm a millennial, capturing it on my phone, but also being able to see it, to bask in it to be there in that moment as it is happening. I'm so grateful. So, so, so grateful. Um, so yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening to me ramble for however long this is going to be um, for, you know, wanting to hang out with me in your earbuds or in your car, wherever it is you're listening to me from. Um, my socials are going to be in the show notes. Uh, I'm still on Twitter because I, you know, 
it hasn't imploded yet. So I'm Melissa over there. And then on Instagram, I'm SCMV. Um, and I'm going to be around a little more. Okay. And I promise that I'm not going to do this episode and then disappear for like six months. There will be a, a new episode. Now, I am probably going to stick to uh, once a week with episodes coming out middle of the week. I'd been doing Monday Monday morning episodes or I, I had been releasing episodes like Monday at 1 a.m. So like if you were in like Europe for whatever reason, you know, it wouldn't be like the end of the day. I, I think I'll still be like a 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. release because I can just schedule it in Anchor. But I think I'm going to transition right now to a Wednesday or Thursday release. Um... And I'll let you guys know if I end up going back to Monday. But for now, um, I'm going to aim for... Actually, I'm going to say right now, I'm going to aim for a Thursday. Thursday. Every Thursday. You will have me in your ear holes. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you again so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and the rest of your week. Um, And that you get to read something you love and that brings you joy. So take care, guys. Bye-bye.